Hey, it's Jonathan. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to apologize because when we recorded, I had the wrong microphone selected, so it sounds like I'm talking through a tin can for the whole episode. I tried to minimize the issue as much as possible, but it doesn't sound great. So uh, if you can bear with it, hopefully you'll get some good information out of the episode. Otherwise, next week, I will double check my mic input and hopefully it will sound better. All right, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about breaking rules. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a little bit of an insight the other night where I was, I have this long sort of definition of strategy, which is a concise high level approach to achieving an objective by playing strengths against weaknesses in a surprising way. And the, the in a surprising way at the end piece I think people always ask me about that. Does it have to be a surprising way? And I kind of have hedged on it in the past and said, well, if it's a zero-sum game where you're in competition with someone else directly and it's really high stakes, I think the surprising way piece is really important because that's part of your competitive advantage. But And then I would say, well, but if it's not a zero-sum game and you're kind of playing an infinite game against no one but yourself, kind of, um, then maybe it doesn't matter so much. And then I was listening to this podcast or something and I, and I was like, but wait a second, some of my favorite, some of my favorite strategies really do have a surprising piece to them, which is that I break the, break a rule that people would think is nuts. Like you, you can't not do that. You have to do that. Everyone says you have to do that. And then I'm like, well, I'm not doing it. And, and it has, <laughs> that, that sounds very familiar <laughs> and it has two effects. Uh, one effect is that it energizes me. I think that's just my personality. I've always been like, been like, you're not going to tell me what to do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I always learn things the hard way. But so on the one hand, it energizes me because I think it's funny. And the other thing that happens is that it attracts a lot of curiosity. A lot of people are like, um, like sometimes I'll go on a podcast to to talk about hourly billing or something. And in the intro, they'll say, you know, Anne runs a daily podcast for independent, for pricing for independent professionals. And the host will be like, you really email people every day. And like, we'll end up talking about the fact, just the fact that I email them, not what it's even about, but just like Mm -hmm. daily, do people stay subscribed? And, you know, and, and that, I mean, that is a definite, definite, uh, you're definitely breaking a rule of thumb by emailing people every day. You know, most people are like, oh, I could, I would never subscribe to a mailing list that was more than weekly or I would never bother my audience more than once a month or once every two weeks or, or maybe once a week. Oh, I'll blog once oh. a week, but I would never send them an email. Never mind every Listen day. Listen to that word though. I have to I just have to jump in that word bother. <laughs> Boy, is that a judgment about somebody's emails? I would never bother my audience. Right. It's they're like- a bother. Don't send it at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I was, I was thinking more about this and I, and I wanted to write down, I was like, well, how many, how many rules, like, um, uh, rules do I break? Like, like conventional oh, wisdom. Please. Yeah. I SEO the... doesn't matter. I mean, the right. first time you said this to me, that's the first thing that just screamed out. Yeah. I filled up a whole page of stuff that people do as just like, you have to do that stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm not doing that. And so I thought it would be good kind of, you know, of course, on this podcast, we're just, we're not talking one-on-one with a person, you know, we're not talking one-on-one with you, you know, dear listener. So it's, you know, it's hard to know what your exceptions might be, but they do exist. It happens all the time when I'm working with someone that 
I've got like a uh, sort of like a checklist or a procedure that I would go through with everyone to kind of define their objectives and a good strategy for them and what tactics should come out of that. And it's based on that sort of definition of strategy. It's like, what are their strengths? I'm not going to have them, you know, just because I don't know. Um, I think daily emailing is great, but they hate writing. I'm not going to make them do that. It's a weakness. It's not a strength. So I'm going to come up with something surprising that would even be surprising to me, but you can kind of make a case for it and find a different way for them to to achieve the same outcome with perhaps a different tactic. Mm-hmm. So there's exceptions all the time. I know we give lots of general rules, but I, I hope we're good about saying, you know, if you've got a good reason to do something different or to reject a particular piece of advice, if you talk to either one of us, you could probably convince us you're right. If there's a good yeah. reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It all goes back to what's your objective mm-hmm. and what are your strengths? You right. know, what are your talents and passions and what, what does, is the marketplace looking for? Mm-hmm. Now, what we're not talking about or not trying to suggest is to be the way I was in music school, where I was like, rules are stupid, music's art, and I can just do whatever I want. And, and if I like it, it is good. And it's like, mm, yeah, there's a reason why I don't do music anymore. <laughs> that didn't work out so great. <laughs> you know, rules, it, in, in fact, in music school, they don't call them rules, or at least where I went, they didn't call them rules. They were style practices. And... It, it Boy, was, that sounds so much better than rules. Right. So if you wanted to, if you wanted to sound like a country band, there's certain things you have to do, or you're not going to sound like a country band. Or if you want to sound like John Coltrane, you know, you better figure out your tritone soloing. So it's like okay, but but of course Coltrane or like even Taylor Swift, anybody, they're breaking some rules. Otherwise, they would sound just like a wedding band, or you know, n- nothing against wedding bands, but you know, they're not typically known by name. You know, if you're known by name, it's because you you probably broke new ground. You broke some some rules, some style practices, and came up with something new and different that connected with the people for some reason. And so it's not just like throw out all rules. I'm not saying that. But um, there are exceptions all the time uh, based on what your particular strengths and weaknesses are. So, yeah, just wanted to add that extra context. Yeah, well, this whole idea of in a surprising way... Um, I feel strongly about in a surprising way. And it's not that you can't do it without that, but you'll break out faster and it will be more memorable or unforgettable um, if you do it in a surprising way that aligns with your talents and passions. And I mean, that's the essence of branding, if you think about it, because it's part of how you're positioning yourself. And um, it's also part of how you'll let the world know that you exist and other people will share this idea that you're putting out there that is surprising. Not just the idea, but the way you present it, the way you deal with it. And it could be as simple as, you know, daily emails or SEO doesn't matter, or it could be something really, really different, mm-hmm. right? Everybody else zigs and you zag. Right. Yeah. And it's it's remarkable. It stands out. It's unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I've got a giant list of stuff I could run down. I think some, and I could kind of make my case for each one. I, I don't know if that's interesting or useful, but it might be eye-opening. Let, let's hear. Let's hear at least some of them. Let's let's. I want to hear them. Sure. So the I'll one. Bet, I'll bet our audience does too. <laughs> well, the biggest one is definitely sending email every day. But we already said that um, SEO. I don't spend one second of the day worrying about SEO because my feeling is. Um, if people aren't searching for your name, you're doing something else wrong. And if people are searching for your name, they're going to find you. You know, I suppose mm-hmm. there's some John Smith exceptions, but uh, 
you know, people should be, you want people in it with an authority business. You want people searching for your name, even if your website yeah. is like, you know, you know, like be unforgettable or whatever, you right. still, you, you still want that name recognition. Um, and even if it's not your name, the name of your thing, you know, some, some, you know, the story brand, you know, some, you want, yeah. you want some kind of name recognition that people are searching for specifically. Yeah, it's whatever your primary brand is. Those are the words. Yep. Yeah. So you want to own that. And if you, if you're competing on keywords like business strategy, I mean, come on. Oh, page 497 on Google. Yeah. So it's like, it's like the, the traffic, in my opinion, for businesses like these in general, the traffic you're going to get from someone doing a casual generic web search is going to be casual generic clients, you know, or leads. And you know, I'm assuming no one listening to this has like a locksmith or a dry cleaner or something like that. So, you know, I mean, as a, as, as your business, in which case maybe local search is pretty important. Um, but if you are a sort of a consultant or remote freelancer and locale doesn't matter, then it's all about standing out by being different and having people doing other things instead of, you know, bowing down to the algorithm gods, figuring out how to had I talk to a robot in a way that's going to oh. the robot promote you. It's like figure one, out how to talk That's one of the things people. that makes me, that, sorry, that's one of the things that makes me crazy about, you know, certain kinds of content marketers that are automated. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, here are your SEO words and we're going to create as many articles as we can using those same words. And mm-hmm. if, if, it looks like they're written by robots. Yeah. It's robots writing for robots. Yeah, so it's bizarre. Right. So and now if the robots could buy from the robots, then we could all sit around. And, <laughs> but the robots don't buy anything. That would be the ultimate, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe I could get iTunes to enjoy my music for me so I don't have to do it. So, <laughs> the, yeah. So that's that's the thing. So it's like my, my, my contrarian stance, which I guess all of these are, is that for businesses like ours, you're better off being, you're better off writing for people, not robots. It, yes. And I know I have friends who be like, you are nuts. All of our traffic, 90% of our traffic comes from people searching for, you know, X. I'm like, okay, great. You, you know, you, that's working for you. Good. I don't want to spend any time ever staring blankly at like, I don't know, Google, whatever even it's called, keyword analyzer, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to do that. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that. So guess what I'm going to do? Not that. <laughs> I'm going to do something different. Um, okay, so closely related. There's a few things closely closely related to that. I also don't buy any ads. I don't pay for any ads. I don't track anybody. There's not even, I don't think there's a page on my website that has JavaScript at all. You, If you go to my website, you'll notice that you don't get one of those annoying accept all cookies things because I don't use cookies on my website. So, um Drip forces you to track certain things so they can tell if you're a spammer or not, but I've turned off everything else that they, that, that is possible. I even have a script that runs that strips out the tracking key in that it automatically inserts into the links when you click on them. So the Mm. the only thing you can't turn off is, uh, I think, I think opens, they, they won't let you turn off, but I don't look at it anyway, because it's kind of a made up number. Um, so I don't, I don't track anybody. As, to the extent that I can, I, I don't track anybody. And what does that do for me? Because you know what? I it's uh, Early early on, I do what everybody does. You install Google Analytics. For a little while, I used Fathom mm. from our friend Paul Jarvis. And I found that I only ever looked... 
I was never, whenever I did, which was hardly ever, whenever I did look at the analytics, it was, it was not for a reason that was going to help my audience. Yes, 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 yes. So I was like, why am I, I barely ever look at this. And every time I do, it's something selfish. So I'm just going to delete it. And yeah. And so years ago, I just deleted it. Well, and it probably, in most cases, again, for businesses like ours, it's not making you do anything. You look at it and go, oh, isn't that interesting? 49% of my website visitors are from the U.S. and 5% are from Iceland. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> eh, you know, it's really not very important. Yeah. And again, other people, especially if you have like e-commerce and all this tracking and all that stuff, I'm not saying it doesn't work. But as a soloist and wanting to stay a soloist and create leverage in other places, I was like, these are hours of my day where I'm not adding value to anybody's life. And I'm not going to gain insights that I don't already have from talking to people. It, right. It's almost like all of these tools were created so people didn't have to talk to each other. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier to have analytics. Well, they're designed, I think they're designed for for product sales and for larger businesses where they're not listening and talking to people. Yeah. If you're selling mattresses or sneakers or something, I get it. And if you, and yeah. dear listener, if you're using these things to great effect and you find that it's in, enriching your customers' lives in some way, great. I'm not saying yeah. that you shouldn't do it. Go for it. Just saying, I don't do it. Um, what else? I don't do any, so business-wise, I don't do any affiliate deals. Um, I, I, a couple of people very kindly offered to like, Hey, I've got a community of people, How, you know, could I maybe give them a coupon code or so? I was like, sure, that's really nice. I'd, you know, happily, but it ended up, um, it ended up being a thing that I was like, it was much easier for me to, to say, uh, this isn't, well, it just took up too much headspace. It wasn't, it, it, it again, it took up, it, it took me away from doing the stuff that caused me to not need to do that stuff, if you see what I'm saying. So it's almost like, it's almost like affiliate deals. Again, not against them. If, if you want to do them, great. But it take, it took me away from the, it's like a shortcut. It feels like a shortcut. It's like, hey, why don't we just accelerate this process of sharing each other's audiences or me buying my way into your audience instead of me taking six months getting to know you and get making you familiar with what I'm doing and you inviting me on your podcast or to speak to your audience. It's like, no, I'd rather do this slow organic way. Thank you very much. And not not yeah. turn it into a transaction. Yeah. Well, let's just be clear. When, when we were talking affiliate deals, we're talking about where money is exchanged. Yeah. Because what, what we do instead is we bring somebody on a podcast or um, I'm in the middle of something right now where um, someone who I consider a, you know, a business friend is, is unveiling something new and I'm going to share that mm -hmm. with my audience. But not for compensation. It's yeah. just yeah. to do it because I believe in it and he's a good guy creating something that, that I think is needed. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's about when you start doing it for money, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes along with that. Yeah. It's a lot of overhead, but never mind that. I think it's a, it's, it can be a, a credibility ding unless you do it in a particular way or depending on what kind of audience you have. But yeah, I just had a yeah. similar thing. I had a, um, a guy named Paul Klein come on my show and he's launching something called Visible TV and here I am mentioning it again. And, and I explicitly said in the email when I announced the episode that it was not an affiliate deal. I just think it's a cool thing yeah. that he's doing. 
And, you know, you should check it out if you're if you're into that kind of thing. Well, it's funny you said that because it's exactly what I was talking about is Paul Klein's oh, same person. TV. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. yeah, cause oh, it just launched. Funny. Yeah, it just launched. Yeah. So it's, fresh it's like the minds. Netflix for business owners. Yeah, exactly. It's a cool yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it's so else? funny. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. Small world. Um, yeah, my, I mean, just look at my website if you want to see like a bunch of broken rules. Uh, I have no navigation at the top of my website. Uh, it's not covered with pictures or colors or design. It's just black text on a white page. Uh, so, you know, and I've got, I could go into reasons why I did it like that, but, um, you know, I just, I, I, for, for the experience that I want to present to my audience, that's the way I want it to be a guided tour. I don't want it to be them porpoising around my website, looking for something interesting. So, you know, if they come, uh, if they come to the site and it's like, they, they almost always land on the homepage. I know that that's the most popular page on the site from my traffic logs. And it's like, it's like, boom, first time here, here's three or four links that you'll find interesting. And then there's some backstory and it's like, and then each page will have a link to the next thing. Not every single page, but most pages have a link to the next thing. So you come to a page and the specific page kind of, if you're interested in this page, you might want to go here next, or you might want to do this next, or you might want to check out this book next or this course or something. So it's more of a guided tour instead of them like, clicking on blog and seeing like 1600 posts and be like, Ugh, I'm out. You know, <laughs> It's like too overwhelming. There's way, just way too much stuff there. I think navigation would be super overwhelming. Um, what else? I don't sell on Amazon. I don't sell my books on Amazon, which we've talked about at length before because mm-hmm. I, you know, I yeah. just don't like them not being my customer. I don't like not knowing who has the book and there are ways around that. You, you, your strategy was different and you found ways around that, but I'm just like, yeah, it's working for me. Right. And I might, I might actually take your advice in the future at some point, but right now that's, that's been the, that's been the decision so far. Uh, oh, here's a funny one back to email. Uh, I don't use salutations in my email and I, I know like, th- like everybody does this. The advice everywhere is to put, you know, hi, Jonathan, in your email. You do it. Everybody does mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I do it. Yeah. And, and the reason I decided against that was because I don't send emails like that to my brothers. That's not the way I send an email to like a family member. I just start talking. And that was the feeling I wanted people to have when they got an email from me. I wanted them to feel like it was coming from like a family member. Just be like, hey, check this out. You know, and it was a really strategic use of that. And Mm -hmm. I I just want to point that out because that's what makes this so interesting to me is that the things that you're talking about, you have a very specific reason why you do them. Mm -hmm. Right. And they tie back to your strategy. They tie back to the way that you're building your brand. And no detail is unimportant. When we talk about that, because it's the combination of all of these things. However, you in the audience use these different things. They all add up to an impression hmm. that your audience gets from you. So I, I just had to point that out. Keep going. Yeah, I hope so. That's the idea. <laughs> it's funny because now that I'm thinking about it, it's like I it, the thing that I'm sort of shooting for in all of the interactions that I offer is no, no, there's no one else in the room with us. There's no third party. There's no middleman. There's no one spying on us in the corner, taking notes. I want it to be like, right. I want it to be this like 
direct as possible, almost private um, interaction, whether it's an email or someone on the website or someone listening to the podcast. I mean, obviously, oh, there's another one. I didn't even write these down. All the podcasting things that I do that are weird. No music. Forget about it. We do everything live. It's like we do the intro live. We do the show at the end. It's over. I might cut out a few flubs here and there, but, you know, that's it's no editing hardly at all. And that's I, I am such a convert. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. If I'm going to do another podcast, there will be no music. We will get right to the point yeah, right and we it. will have the lightest editing you, editing you can possibly imagine. Yeah, it's it's it, there's so many great things about it, but um, you know, there is there are trade offs, though. Like I have some of my favorite podcasts have like cool intro music or intro, well, like I hear the music and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like this is going to be it. Yes. This is We're, here yeah. we go. We're going through the entry yes. entryway into the podcast and it's fun yeah. and it's got, it sets a mood. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but generally, those are all entertainment kind of podcasts that I listen to. And I'm like, oh, you know, my bim bam, you know, uh, here it comes, you know, or, or whatever. Um, but the, the friction that it adds, I, it always comes back to, for me, is like bang for the buck. Like if I add that in to create a sort of moment and a mood shift and which I believe it does, I believe I, I don't think it's useless, but is that worth it? In terms of is that going to is that going to decrease the amount of effort I can put into coming up with useful content? You know what I mean? It's like me spending time even searching around Pond Five for like something appropriate, and then have you know, and then having you know, of course, if we outsourced it, someone else could do it, but we don't even need to outsource it anymore because the tools we use. I I just picture how long you and I would have spent picking the right music, <laughs> right? <'Cause> yeah. <laughs> I've done it before. Just it takes forever. About it. And yeah, well, and it's, but it, it, I do want to point out or, or kind of double underline what you've said about the music, because there's a few podcasts that I listen to that are not entertainment that use music really effectively. Mm-hmm. And it's, I like the idea that it's the doorway. Um, I mean, there's one I listen to and they always have this big commercial in the front. So I'm always like fast forwarding past the, you know, 15 seconds, 15 seconds, getting past that. But I always listen to the music intro because I really like it. Yeah. So, yeah. So there are situations where it makes sense, but there's no reason to feel like, oh, you must have music as we've proven. Exactly. Yep. No ads on the podcast. It's not for that. Um, Mm -hmm. What else about podcasts? There's probably some other things I'm not thinking of, but the big one is the big one is no music and just like go for it. No, no editing or just like minimal editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we we used to outsource it, but now it takes, it takes no time at all because the new tools, the new tools is yeah. unbelievable. Um, what else? Social media. Phew, try and find me there. Uh, you know, I, I goof around on Twitter a little bit. I've been banging on on. Uh, I've been rattling people's crypto cages lately on Twitter, just like seeing what turns up. <laughs> but I don't really, I don't really, you know, uh, if somebody retweets something or at message me, I'll probably see it, you know, but I'm really not active on Twitter and I am non-existent on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I barely even go on my own YouTube LinkedIn. channel anymore. LinkedIn, my, my, my headline on profile. LinkedIn. Yeah, I have a profile and it <laughs> yeah. says email me here because I never check LinkedIn. You know, I broadcast stuff out to those channels, but that's what I see them as. You know, they're, they've turned into, right. because, because of people doing this, I suppose, uh, a place to like get your message out because people are hanging out there. 
And so I broadcast to Twitter, I broadcast to LinkedIn. If you could broadcast to Instagram, if I could figure out how to do it, I'd probably do that too. You, you, you can through Meet Edgar, but it's it, there's an extra step with yeah. Instagram that doesn't exist with anybody else. Yeah, you gotta like make a Facebook page and post to the Facebook page, and that syndicates to Instagram. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. I you know. know, if I could. If I could turn podcast episodes into like TikTok snippets automatically and send them there, I would too. But I, but I don't have any of those apps on my phone. I don't even have Twitter on my phone, and it's just like oh, social media is I, not I a part of my life. It's too distracting. I, I love social. I love social media. Well, I shouldn't say I love social media. Media. I love Twitter and LinkedIn when I'm out and about and I have a few minutes because mm-hmm. you're sitting there waiting for the dentist or something like that, or you're waiting in line for something. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's a great way to just connect. But the other downside of social media that nobody tells you about is on all these different platforms, they all have messaging capability. Mm-hmm. And the problem is you may not see them. Yeah. Like I had somebody um, uh, message me something on Twitter on Friday afternoon. And I didn't see it till Monday afternoon. And that's actually fast. Like if it was an Instagram, I, I've gone for a week or two before I've seen a message. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that too. So when you think about social media, it's why I always say if you're going to do it, go deep on one platform, mm-hmm. right? Maybe have a second as a backup. But because you've got to, well, I started to say you have to. That sounded like a rule. Um, <laughs> people expect that if you're significantly on a platform, you're going to check message, messages in that messaging app. And there isn't always a way to shut that off or to say that you're not going to do that. I have somebody in my circle who uses Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. And I I would never see it if he didn't include my husband on the the string. And so my (laughs) husband will say, hey, so-and-so sent us a messenger. I'm like, oh, God. Like, send me an email or send me a text. (laughs) Don't do Facebook Messenger. Right. Yeah, there's like so many platforms. So I actually had this question from someone in group coaching recently where they, I, I, oh, no, 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 sorry. It was in the 10 day systems challenge. We just wrapped up. And one of them was, it's like, oh, you need, you need an extra five hours a week. Delete all social media from your life. You live yeah. at least five hours a week. And, yeah. and, um, and she was like, yeah, I, um, you know, she's like, I did that for this exercise or I had recently done that anyway, but I missed a. A mention someone someone uh, that she respected mentioned her in a story and she missed it and the story expires after like 24 hours or something and then and she like didn't thank the person and she felt really bad that she didn't thank the person because she missed it and Mm -hmm. I was like look how insidious that is look how insidious that is that you're afraid that this ephemeral message is gonna disappear like you're gonna come across as rude if you don't check Instagram every day and thank mm-hmm. the people that are mentioning you. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So first Who's running of all, your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a very nice impulse. Like she just wanted to thank the person, right. which is totally no, I reasonable. No, to- I totally get it. Sure. I totally get it. But are you supposed to turn yourself inside out like a pretzel in order to do that? Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, imagine that, you know, because the, the woman was the, the other person, the influencer person was you know, essentially it, it was, it was promoting her product or business or something. And I was like, as your, as your brand grows, if you're doing something right, then people are going to be sharing it on Instagram and WhatsApp and TikTok and via email and on Facebook and everywhere. And you obviously can't be everywhere. So there are going to be people who are sharing your stuff that you cannot thank and mm-hmm. that you'll never even hear about. So don't right. be too hard on yourself if, you know, if this one time you missed, like who knows how many other ones she missed on TikTok or 
clubhouse yeah. or you know well, and look at any really well-known author i mean there's just no way they can thank everyone yeah you can't it's just it's just too big and and I, I hope for her that that becomes her problem, right. right? That she's just so big and so popular that she can't keep up with all of that. Right. That'd be awesome. Right. And so I'm not saying don't thank anyone, of course, but I am saying you don't need to be active on every single platform or even on three to make sure that, you know, every time somebody mentions you, you, you run in and thank them. It, because at a certain point, very quickly, that becomes, that is going to cut into you doing the work you need to do. You know, instead of this sort of meta, this meta administrative work of your business. Great thing to do, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat myself up if I missed one, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the other aspect of social media besides, you know, that it sucks you in is that you can also get sucked into commenting about things that don't fit with your brand, yeah. right? Because somebody ticks you off or, um, you know, something that you use, like your car rental went bad and you want to complain to Hertz, you know, so you can start <laughs> like using it for that stuff and it's not driving your business. It's not building your brand. It, it just kind of takes you away from, or it can take you mm-hmm. away from what's important versus focusing on why you're using that particular channel. And yeah. nine times out of 10, it's more around distribution and engagement than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm starting to feel like a real outsider at this point. I've got, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think what, what do I do that is the generally accepted? <laughs> I can't think. Well, of what else do you have on the list? Cause we have all the podcast stuff. We've got the social media, the um, SEO. Yeah, so the everyday emails, no images in the emails. I think I said that. No tracking, no salutation. I said that. I sell in every single email, which is another thing that people think is verboten. Um, Although it feels like it's, I don't know if this is true. It feels like it's always the same. So like as a regular reader, I really, I don't look at it. Yeah. But if you put something above the line, Mm -hmm. I read that. Yeah. So that's how I want it to be. I want it, and here's how I see it. So it's not like I, it's not like I'm sell, sell, selling everyone, but I do have links to stuff you can buy in every email and they, they're just random. They just randomize. So there are always different things. And, and I just want people to know they're there so that in, in, in every email. So when, if they do say, oh, you know what? I do want to join coaching or buy that book or whatever. They don't have to like mm-hmm. hunt through all their old emails to find the one that has the link they're all right there. So you can open any email and there's a link into that section of my site and that section of my site, you know, so if if they go straight through to like the podcasting challenge and then it'll just be like at the bottom, like here's other stuff, you know, so that it Mm kind of like, it's kind of like more, it feels to me, it feels more like helpful than it's a resource section. Yeah, it it, it is. It's a resource section. If you're interested in this and it's below the line, Mm -hmm. right? Your eye doesn't go right to it. So it's a subtle sell. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like I've just listed like 25 things <laughs> to the opposite of the <laughs> conventional wisdom. And I'm, I'm like kind of struggling to think of anything I do that's, I don't know, I guess the, I guess all the other stuff's invisible. The stuff that I don't think is, I mean, a lot, I guess content creation, uh, good, you know, laser focus positioning. Uh, yeah. That's all. I think, good I think general. you're, yeah, you're, you're more traditional, if you will, on content creation, not traditional, but you're not, I wouldn't say you're breaking rules generally, mm-hmm. um, on content and, um, oh, something else hit me. I just lost it. What was it? Um, well, it'll come back to me before we end. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like people, people, you know, like 
well, create a lot of content. That seems like a general rule, which I definitely do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to think of it the other way around. It's much easier to think of the things that have, that people have been like, wait a second, what? What? <laughs> yeah. How can you not do that? <laughs> right. But again, to like, to, to reiterate the point from the beginning, it's, it's not that, oh, here, here are the new rules that you should follow. Don't track, don't sell on Amazon. Like, it's not like that. It's, right. it's like if, if you've got your, really, I mean, it comes back to strategy. Like if you've got an objective and there's a, and you have decided on a strategy, it'll save you from doing, cause there's like a, an endless list of tactics that have worked for someone mm-hmm. in terms of like marketing and sales online. So it's like, yeah, some of those things could work, but if you just like try all of them, you'll burn out or run out of money or time. Uh, if you just randomly pick ones that worked for Ramit and this one worked for Pat Flynn and this one worked for Marie Forleo, it's like, okay, but those are just kind of like just random activities that you're trying. You don't know what their strategy was at the time when they did that. They might not even do that anymore. They might have done it two years ago when you noticed it and then they, maybe they changed, they pivoted, they do. They have a new strategy for the new year. And they're just doing something different. Like for forever, mm-hmm. this was a good one. Forever, I didn't post any of my daily emails on my website. You had to be on the list to see the emails. Yes. And that used to drive people nuts because they're like, I really want to share this, but there's no link. I'm like, forward the email. It's like, but I, yeah, I want to put it on social media. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's not like, you know. <laughs> I would be nicer about it than that, of course. But, you know, and I had other, uh, other, I still don't have an RSS feed on my website, which drives my developer friends crazy. Uh, they're like, why don't yeah. you do that? It's like, well, because then those are, then you're anonymous. I don't want you to be anonymous. I want to have conversations with people. Oh, here's another one. I don't have comments on my blog posts. Um, mm-hmm. so, I so many other things. I don't, I don't sell uh, self-paced video courses. I, there's a bunch of things. There's like, the list just keeps getting longer. Well, I remembered the thing I was trying to think of that oh. you do that sort of follows the rules. Of course, you take it to the nth degree, but it's automation. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people do that. A lot of people want to do it better. I do believe you take it to an extreme and you are my hero for that. <laughs> and I'm following behind you trying to automate everything I can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that's an example of something that, that people can do. Mm. That's a good point, actually, because a lot of the things that, um, not all of them, but some of the things that I've listed, I don't do because they're hard to automate. So it's not that Mm -hmm. I, it's not that they're bad or wrong, or I wouldn't like to have them, but they're nice to haves and they're, and the, the time commitment or the overhead is just, the friction is just too high. But for example, oh, I don't know, um, I would, I'm not, I wouldn't be against having like a, a cool, relevant, evocative, uh, image on each article that I post on my website. I'm, I'm not against that, but if I, but I would need to be able to do it in a way that's totally automated. So it just happened. Like, I don't want to think about, I don't want to spend my ex- yeah. <laughs> increasingly limited mental <laughs> capacity <laughs> to search for images, to go on a blog post. And, you know, I'm sure some, some smart listeners can be like, oh, there's a service that automatically scans the text and an AI creates the image and like, okay, cool. Let me know. Um, 
as long as I don't have to put JavaScript on my website, I'm all in. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where automation may give you options you didn't have before. But that's an example of something, if that was really important to you and you didn't want to do it yourself, you could outsource it to a VA. But then sure. you've got to make sure that it's done. Yes. you got to make sure that it's there and you're going to want to look at it. And then you might say, why did you pick that image? I don't right. like that. Yeah, I'm you already. Know, I mean, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It just drains just thinking because I am that way. Exactly. Like I, I would be like, so I, there, there's an underlying philosophy here that um, to paraphrase a quote from Abraham Lincoln, it's like better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than open your mouth and prove it. <laughs> so I've always loved that because it's like putting a mediocre image on my website is like opening my mouth and proving I'm a fool. So I'd rather have no image or an awesome image, but not, I don't want anything in the middle. Mm -hmm. So doing anything kind of half-assed, I'm like, no, I'd rather not do it. It's the same yeah, thing. Image, image curation. <laughs> That's easy Speaking for you to say. Speaking of editing. Speaking <laughs> of editing. <laughs> yeah. Image curation is either incredibly easy or incredibly difficult. And so it's so interesting to me. If you take sort of a run-of-the-mill you know, graphic designer, if there is such a thing, they're going to be good at image creation. They're going to know how to line up 10 images so they go together and they tell a story. Um, the average consultant may not. The average developer may not. I, I don't know. I mean, it depends. But I've, in my experience, a lot of people are not really great at image curation. Mm. So then the question becomes, do you spend the time and presumably the money if you're outsourcing it to make sure that your images work with your copy and vice versa? And I think the answer is it depends. Right. How do you value that? How do your clients and your audience value that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a couple of students who do an incredible job. Um, one in particular that outsources all of the all of the work, just a really good delegator, lots of just really good delegator, and uh, and they add like the the images inserted. It's not just the top one either. Like he does them throughout the post, and they really add something to the post. It's uh, really good. Yeah, and yeah. like that's the level. It, it's the same with the podcast. If I was if if either on this show or another show, if I was going to have music or if I was going to recommend or, or talk to you about putting music in, I want it to be awesome. I don't want mm -hmm. it to be like just there because podcasts have music at the beginning. And That's why I said it, yeah. it would have taken forever to find the awesome, right? Right, right. <laughs> it had to be, especially for you because music is part of your identity. Yeah, exactly. I'd be so impossible to work with in that regard. And if I... <laughs> You know, I have a, I have a, a fun show that I'm recording with my law, my original uh, podcast buddy, Kelly Shaver, that we envisioned as more of an entertainment podcast and it would be sound designed and the, the whole thing. Oh man, is that a lot of work? Oh man. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah. like Crime Town or, you know, Serial. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's he like heavy production heavy. takes time and energy and money usually. Yeah, so don't don't hold your breath for that one to get released because it's like wow, this is like <laughs> this is not ten times harder than I thought it was going to be. It's like a hundred times harder. And it, yeah, anyway, but back to the it, back, which brings me back to the Abraham Lincoln quote. It's like I don't want to put I don't want to like like get into that ballpark and then stink. Right. It's like it wouldn't be yeah. fun. Like I would want it to be awesome. And so mm -hmm. then it turns into like, okay, 
can either one of us skill up to do this new thing? No, it's way too hard. It's an entire profession unto itself. So, you know, are we going to hire someone to do it for just a fun side project? No, probably not. You know, so it's like, eh, okay. I'd rather, I'd rather say nothing than say something ugh, mediocre, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Cool. Uh, let's see. I mean. Any other kind of categories on your list? I, th- I think I've exhausted my list of, of contrarian decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you'd come up with one when we're done. Probably, yeah, I probably thought I forgot a whole category. I just, I'm just realizing I'm difficult to get along with. I have control freak tendencies. Oh, you're not difficult uh, to get along with. Uh, of course, I, I'm not your VA either. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So, is there anything else we should add? Do you have Do you have a list of your own? I know I kind of sprung this on you at the last minute. Well, you sprung me sprung it on me. So, I I share a number of the things on your list. Um, but what I found is like my website looks different than the other people in my space. I'm the only woman. I'm the only one that uses vibrant color. I'm the only one that you know has splashed images of herself more than one on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's those kinds of things. But I think the other thing that's been interesting for me in the last, I'd say, couple of years is I've really started to strip down things that I don't think are essential. And I even played with taking out the podcast images for a while, but decided to leave them in for a variety of reasons. And so an example would be, you know, my contracts with my one-to-one coaching clients have always been very simple. It's a page or two and there's a signature line and then they can electronically sign the copy. And once they sign that, we're ready to rock and roll. And well, when my VA left, I lost the ability to just do that because she would do it for me. And, mm-hmm. and so I thought about it and I'm like, oh, I could go and get this software and pay a monthly fee and make sure that I do it. And then I thought, well, what do I need their signature for anyway? <laughs> We're emailing it. I mean, what am I going to use that for? Am I going to wind up in court? No. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, boom, it's gone. And I, I think I told you about that when I did it, Jonathan, because yeah. it made me think of you. It was just, it was one of those examples of friction. So yes, if you worked with me one-to-one, you do not have to sign a contract. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that, that's another one from my world. Uh, always been a handshake person, which, is, you know, someday maybe will bite me, but knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't, wouldn't call it surprising, but I think that we all have a tone that we take. So it's easy on the podcast. You can hear our respective tones, hmm. but when you're in social media, there's a tone. Are you the person who's like the sort of that coach voice where it's all about helping people to be better? Or are you that edgy one who points out things that are stupid or that, you know, don't seem to work the way they're supposed to and you have like that edge? It's finding that voice and then carrying it through everything that you do. And I find that that voice is different for every person. And that's an area where you can really own your voice, your talent, your passion. Mm, That might be a good topic for next week because I've also, uh, I've been sort of gathering. It's funny how like, like ideas start to kind of coalesce around a particular subject, but that one has been uh, circling around my mind lately. It's like, it's like the one thing no one can replicate. So 
the more of you well, put and it in. Finding it is really can be a challenge because depending on where you are in your business evolution, like the, the voice when you first create your own practice mm. or your own business is one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then as you work through, this is my point of view. This is how I'm positioning myself. This is who my ideal clients and buyers are. Your voice starts to change. Right. It becomes more focused and hopefully more powerful. Mm-hmm. And and when I say power, power looks different on different people. Powerful in the sense that it's authentic. It's you. You speak to the issues. Your 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 brand of smart or sa- maybe savvy is a better word, mm. your brand of savvy. And all of that changes over time. And the, until, you know, at the tail end of your career, you, you may be, you know, the sage on the stage or that valued mentor kind of voice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a process, but it's really, really important in developing brand and, and business. Totally. Let's let's bookmark that for maybe next week because that would be it's something we've talked about before, but it's not. It's been a long time. We might have it some been a while. new things to say. Cool. Cool. All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I'm Rochelle Moulton, and we hope you join us again next time on the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>